1: Welcome to episode 151 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and for this episode of the podcast, we're going to cut down the chat. It's going to be an interview-only episode, and the reason for that is it's a jam-packed footballing week, especially here in Vancouver. As a football fan, it's exciting as hell. You've got Canada in town to play Mexico on Friday. You've got Whitecaps at home to Houston Dynamo on Saturday. Could you get a better doubleheader Easter weekend? Well, you possibly could, but let's just settle for what we've got. So what we're going to do in this episode, we're going to bring you a number of chats that we've had over the last week with Whitecaps players, Canadian, national team players, coaches, just put them all together in the one episode give you a little bit of a taste for both games, and we'll be bringing you a special post-game show at the weekend which will cover both Canada v Mexico and Whitecaps v Houston. So let's turn our attention first of all to Canada. Big double header coming up for them on Friday and Tuesday, home and away series against Mexico in World Cup qualifying. Can they get back to the hex for the first time since the 1998 World Cup qualifying campaign? They're in a good position are and a draw so far from their two matches. Four points. If they can get anything at all from these games against Mexico, it's going to put them in a really good position to, to qualify for the final six. And then they're that one step closer to being back at their first World Cup since 1986. That's a long way still to go. But it's something which everyone in the Canadian camp is striving towards. Canadian coach Benito Flora is very confident that Canada's going to get to Russia in 2018. Do you share his optimism? It's looking a lot better. There's definitely a better buzz around the Canadian camp and around Canadian fans than there has been any time since since I've lived here in in the last few years. And it, it's an exciting time to be around the team. So we're going to kick off our chats with Canadian head coach Benito Floro. Got a chance with a couple of others to catch up with him after the Tuesday press conference for the Canada-Mexico game. We've just talked about the match coming up on Friday, the crowd, the atmosphere, trying to get points against a really tough Mexico team, and what qualifying for the Hex, and maybe even more than that, would do for Canadian soccer. So here's Canadian head coach, Benito Floro.
2: a
3: historic match for the for Canada, 50,000 plus for a soccer game. Uh, will the home crowd feel this team? Yes. The team is ready to, to fight a lot because with this uh, support it is it is there is not another way to, to do things, no? We need to to develop the best the best play to spend a lot of energy. try to win the game because it's the best the best way to to say thank you to the our support no
4: excellent thank you do you expect a lot of uh, mexico fans as well
0: do you have to prepare the team for what to expect when they come out of the tunnel
3: we know that mexico is a very good team no it's a they have very good players and so on but uh, we believe in our possibilities, and we are going to to play the game equal, without any doubt. We can win the game. At the same time, we can lose. No, but we are going to fight a lot.
2: Is there more pressure on Mexico because they're a higher ranked?
3: Yeah, I consider that uh, we have option because uh, it's a good team. But uh, our player is a feeling. I. It is true we can win, we can lose. We can, but there is another situation in the in the brain of our players that uh, because the last game here against Honduras was very important for us and create a, a special feeling that we can do we can do what I want to do
0: brought Scott Arfield in um, his first time he's been called up. How has he looked in training and does he come into your consideration to start
5: him on Friday, Scott Arfield?
3: It is an special situation because he's a very good player who is playing a, a lot of games in his club, but uh, we need to to balance if uh, because we play in a... With, uh, according to uh, several tactical matter, and we need to realize if it's time enough in this uh, training to to Scott achieve the the good movement according the other players, no? So but I trust if he's not a starter um, to make a debut. debut? Good
0: qualities, yeah. you like his qualities as a player? Yes. yes. Benito? Benito. Um, I'm sure you would probably accept a a draw if it came to that, but how disappointed would you be if your team cannot win on Friday, considering the crowd you have, you're at home, um, your team is very, very confident. How disappointing would it be to not get a win on Friday?
3: No, no, because... uh uh, what is important for all of us is uh, to play well. What means to fight? What means to, to do all is inside us to to win the game. Uh, to win again is uh, sometimes a, a matter of luck, no? To have a luck, you no? Know? But in this case, is more important the, the feeling or the spirit to to offer the, the support, the, the victory. And if it is possible, playing well, because if at the end Mexico is a very, very good team or we we have not uh, good luck, you know, no matter is the, the support, believe in us, that we are going... If it is not this game, another game, with this kind of, of play and desire, no? As this well, is the I'm most important thing.
6: As, as Teca Stadium
2: in Mexico is a very tough environment to play in, uh, what will BC Place need to be to make it very tough on Mexico?
3: It's not different the other games. So, to play in attack correctly... Don't uh, don't allow the other the other team to control the game. Developing a good pressing and uh, try to to do things correctly. Is not, there is not another. It's not an special key, no. Is to fight to run, but with a very good sense. Not to run as a crazy man. No. So it's uh, it's a game to to be happy. No, after why because it's a very good team we are a good team close to very so it's a good night it will be a very good night for us
1: uh, it's been 20 years since Canada qualified for the HEX 20 years yes. how important is it to the Canadian programme and the development of it that the team
3: makes it this time very important very very important because my feeling is that we are capable of uh, to be included in the Sagona and this game these two games could be a very very good option Uh, for csa will be very important due to i consider we are capable of to do that we are going to go to russia to russia so it will be Very important to convince a lot of people, as I I said, people, Canada people, to create a own league, uh, first and second division league Canadian, because people don't understand that in Canada there is thousand, thousand uh, players, young players, very good, very very good. That when arrive, 18 years old, disappear. So this is uh, we need a league, no. And I know that if we, we win the possibility to go to, to Russian it will be very, very important for CSA. So actual players recognize that. They believe in, in that. The experienced players like Ativa, like Ajul, they are fighting a lot to, to achieve that because they love a lot Canada and they are trying to, to do that.
1: to flora there talking about a wide range of things also touching on the canadian premier league and the the need necessity to to have that up and running in the country just to help the national team program and one of the things which has actually helped the canadian national team program in the last months and years is a number of players committing their international futures to canada for years now we've we've seen canadian born players deciding not to play for Canada, gonna play for the homeland of the of their parents, much to the aggravation of Canadian supporters throughout the land. High profile examples are obviously Owen Hargreaves with England and Jonathan de Guzman with Holland. But the tide definitely seems to be turning in recent years. You had Junior Hoylet committing, making his debut last year, played in the World Cup qualifiers and getting cap tied against Honduras and El Salvador, and that was fantastic. And the latest player to, to pledge his allegiance to the Canadian cause, and a little bit to, to my chagrin because he's, he's Scottish through and through just like me, is Burnley midfielder Scott Arfield. Now, Arfield's dad was born in Toronto and had been pushing for, for Scott to, to commit to Canada for years. Arfield had represented Scotland at under-19, under-21, youth level, even right up to B international level his last appearance for Scotland came in 2010 in an under-21 UEFA qualifier. Since then, there's been no interest in calling him up to the national team. So he had a lot of soul-searching to do and he wanted to play on the international level and decided to pledge his international future to Canada. And as you'll hear from this chat here, it's not that Canada was a second choice. It's just he felt this was the best opportunity for him going forward and he's really excited to be here. So I got a chance to speak to Scott at Canadian Training on Monday. And I had to ask him as well just how Canadian he feels. So let's hear now from Burnley's Scottish midfielder, Scott Arfield. <laughs>
0: Welcome.
7: Thank you. Another Scottish guy
1: here. <laughs> nice accent, man.
0: Uh, so, obviously, your dad was was born in Canada. Did you visit at all? Is this your first time here? What's the? Yeah,
7: it's actually it's my first time. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was a long journey. Um. Obviously, from the from the decision I, I made my decision about a year ago. So, to come in this to come in this journey, and obviously we're here now. I'm, I'm delighted to be here.
0: So, people that might not know who you, what type of player you are, so so take us through like how you're your, your uh, younger career came and you were waiting on Scotland is that sort of how it came
7: about or? yeah well obviously I grew up in Scotland um, started playing football at a young age and then moved to Falkirk in Scotland uh, left there at 20 and then moved into England and then uh, I'm currently at Burnley Football Club so yeah I was always I played youth level at, at Scotland 19s and 21 and I'd and be international but not nothing materialised but I mean, it wasn't anything that um, there was no ill feeling towards it. I just think when I was getting getting on in my career, I thought this was a, the best opportunity for me to play international football, and it's one that I'm delighted to. Take.
1: Did you have a chat with Gordon Strachan about what your international future might be?
7: Yeah, we did. Yeah, um, the people came through from the from the soccer federation here, and I went into the SFA, and you know, he phoned just to touch base and basically reiterated what what I already thought that I was. Um, you know, my decision was already made and I think there was a few players that he couldn't guarantee me any, any football that I could go and play for for Scotland, so, but my decision was already made, as I say, it wasn't anything, it wasn't second choice Canada or anything like that, it was just that this is what I thought was my best opportunity.
1: And could you have thought of a much better first game to come into, Mexico, 50,000 fans? Yeah,
7: it's fantastic, I mean, this is obviously my first time at the at the stadium, but it's right up there with the best that I've, that I've been to, so, obviously the... Uh, the surface is a lot different to what I'm used to in the UK but it's one that I you know I'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to in Friday.
1: And how hard is it to, to come into a squad? You, you don't know the guys, you're expected to possibly play up on Friday but trying to get some chemistry going with them.
7: Yeah well that's the thing, you know I'm up for selection but it's up to the manager to pick me but you know I don't think I'm just going to come in here and, and you know cement a place. I think I need to need to train well and hopefully you can you can get that start in Jersey and you know it's one that I'm looking forward to and one that I'm you know I'm I'm hoping to do so. How's
0: Canada viewed in Scotland this this program is people aren't even on the radar at all. Like, how does it sort of? Yeah,
7: yeah, of course. Yeah, they, you know, they watch a lot of the MLS, and now that it's uh, it's broadcasted, you know, over in the UK. Um, I don't think they know too much about the about the, the soccer federation here, but I think they I think they soon What
0: about your dad? What is
7: he? Oh, he's oh. absolutely delighted. Yeah, he's uh, you know he was so happy when I made that decision. As I said, it was it was made a long time ago and. You know, we had to send the paperwork through, so that when I made that decision, he was absolutely delighted I did so.
5: Did your dad try to, was he trying to encourage you to make that decision? or? Yeah, from
7: a young age, to be fair, yeah. He yeah. was always, you know, he was he was born here, so he he felt as if that, you know, he wasn't any good at football, so I was the only one that can could uh, really follow, so he was always kind of touching base that this was going to be the, the decision that hopefully that I would have made, and it's now that I've done so, he's, he's thoroughly delighted.
4: Scott, how nice is it to, to come in with the club in such terrific form, with, with Burnley in such a great form?
7: Yeah, we've had form at a, at a great time of the season. I think we're um, we're unbeaten since Boxing Day at a uh, hull. So you know, I think it's 14, and at the weekend it was 14 unbeaten there. So you know, it was a lo- it was a long time that we've been we've uh, tasted defeat, and you know, the more you do that in a, in a league like that, the more you're gonna you're gonna stay in the top two.
2: How do you rate Canada's chances of qualifying for the Hex?
7: Yeah, I think they're fantastic. You know, it's my first time training with the, with the boys, but. You know, when you see the with the depth and the, and the squads, and talk to a few of the boys, they're, they're saying that this is the best squad of they've ever they've ever been in. So, I think that you know, when you've got people like Jules and Atiba saying that, I think that you know, you need to that stands you in good steads to, to hopefully go to go through the next qualifying.
1: When you started with Falkirk, you, you started off in the SPL, so you're used to big games right from the off. Yeah. Do you still get phased by big crowds?
7: I, personally, I don't really know. I'm, a, you know, I'm I'm so fully solely focused on on my. And my individual performance and what I can do for the team so you know, I don't really look at look at fans. It's fin- obviously the fans drive the football and fantastic for them to do so. But for you to play, I don't think you can really get really get caught up in the big crowds. And that was drummed into from a young age for me. Going against Celtic and Rangers was, you know, it was massive. At, at 18, when you're playing in front of 60,000, it was something that you, you can't really afford to to go and get. You know, um, faced by that sort of crowds.
0: And Canada has a Canada has a history of, of players deciding not to play for Canada, and and you know, junior decided to, to play, and and now you're joining. Is is it do you understand that it's, it's, it makes the fans and, and people believe that, that Canada is, is a place that players want to play? You, what was attractive about, about Canada for you?
7: Yeah, well, you know, obviously that with Junior was a was a massive step. As I say, my journey, my decision was already made and my journey was already made, but, you know, from the last qualifying when I heard the player of Junior's calibre was coming in and speaking to David Edgar, that's been my long friend for, for three years, he was really the driving force in this to make it happen, so... Uh, we've touched base in so many camps, and he's been sending so many pictures of the places they go. So, you know, hope I can go some places, yeah.
0: So you and David, you and David are, are, are close. From there. you guys played together, is that Yeah, a... we
7: played at Burnley together.
0: Yeah. So, so he was pushing for you to to, to come yeah, here. He was the main driving
7: force. Yeah, it was um, it was actually just in a passing comment that kind of it was about two years ago when I came there. I just kind of says that. This was, my dad was born, I think he was born in the same hospital as Ed, in Toronto, so. <laughs> uh, so then he told and then got in touch with Morgan and Benito and it, it kind of uh, snowballed from there. Your
4: folks
7: coming into the game? No, unfortunately, yeah. no, no. Uh, not this one, but hopefully we'll go over soon.
1: How, how Canadian do you feel?
7: Well, now, now I feel full, <laughs> I'm just as Canadian as you <laughs> <laughs> No, as you so, Not at all <laughs> uh, no. Uh, have you
2: spent time in you? So you haven't been here, but have you no. spent time in Toronto at all? No, or have not never no. been no, no, never no, no, been to Canada no. ever? I
7: should probably lie but I, <laughs> I've I've known idea. No.
1: What would it mean to you like Canada, kind of looking ahead if you get to the World Cup, what would it mean to you to play in the stage Oh like it'd
7: be fantastic. I think you know, as I say there, I think we've got a fantastic um, opportunity to do so but you know, it's one game at a time. It's it's kinda of what I've what I've what's been drummed into me is one game at a time Manchester, and I think, you know, against a, a side like Mexico who are globally uh, fantastic side. I don't think you can take too much for granted. I don't even think you, you think about next Tuesday night. I think it's solely focused on this and, and hopefully this will be the the one that can kick start us into the hex.
1: Okay. Thank you so very much.
8: <laughs> give my ball and out
0: He'll give you a move for the perfect pass. Give my ball and he out spice. He'll give you a move with
1: Scott Arfield there, and yeah, you can't beat a bit of Scott and Scott action here in the podcast, I'm sure you agree. Fraser aired last week, Scott Arfield this episode, next episode we've got Owen Coyle coming up, so look forward to that one. Before I had touched about how important a player Arfield could be for Canada in these games coming up for Mexico and beyond. He also kind of hinted that it didn't look like Arfield was going to get the start because he's still kind of learning the systems, getting some chemistry going with his teammates. It's definitely going to help bolster the Canadian midfield. And for a game against Mexico, where you have to feel Canada's going to kinda bunker down a bit, attacking options are going to be few and far between. It's almost gonna be like a six-man midfield or a five or six-man defence at times. It's gonna be a a tough, tough game to get any attack going. Having an option like Arfield that can maybe come on late in the game if they've managed to hold Mexico to to no goals and try and get something on the break is a great option to have but going forward to the other games Arfield is definitely going to be a guy that's going to help the Canadian midfield and a a midfielder that's happy to have him on board is TFC's Will Johnson. Love him or hate him he's a very key cog to, to Canada. We would have liked to have seen him at the Whitecaps I've got to say that. Disappointed that he went to Toronto, understand why Portland didn't want him to trade to a Cascadian rival, even though we gave them Darren Mattox. Although, giving Vancouver, Will Johnson would help strengthen Vancouver, whereas giving Darren Mattox to Portland, I'm not really sure you can say that that does that. But Will Johnson's really looking forward, he's amped, he's pumped up for the game on Friday. Got a chance to speak to him on Monday as well. So let's hear now from Will Johnson. In a time when hats were high.
2: Larger, when I walk you like and the shadow of
8: fiery
1: So well, two big games coming up. What's your thoughts in the build-up tip? Excitement, opportunity, um,
5: two words that come to mind. Big games, um, one that's probably been overdue to be played on Canadian soil for a long time and um, it's nice that we're still the, it's a meaningful game against a big opponent in uh, in our home country so like I said excited and opportunity
1: And Did you ever think you'd be rolling out in front of a crowd like this size for a, for a home qualifier? No
5: no I mean we, we played most of the games the last round in Toronto and obviously the crowds were all similar and, and nowhere near the one that's expected here on Friday Um so no. Do
0: you guys, do you guys see this as, as a, a statement game? It's overused, but U.S. and Mexico have obviously been the, the powers in this region. Do you guys see this as a sort of a, a watershed moment, a way to sort of declare that you are, you know, here and, and, and to be to be reckoned with. Um,
5: no, not really. To be honest, I think we see it as more of a an opportunity to get points in a group that we're trying to get out of and try to establish ourselves as um, you know one of the the better teams in Concacaf for sure, but. For me, it's 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 one game to start on Friday, and it's an opportunity, like I said, to get points to move ourselves towards a, a big goal, which is obviously to get out of this group.
0: What does Kyle into this team? I mean, he's obviously a big target man. What has what he sort of meant since he sort of burst on the scene?
5: Yeah, he gives us something different, um, you know, reliable presence. He fights, he works hard, he can score goals. Um, he gives us a steady number nine that we haven't had in a while. We've rotated guys in and out of that position. We've tried to play... Um, various types of attacking players in that position and now we have a steady uh, player that you know exactly what you're going to get from which is a high quality uh, center forward.
0: What kind of, mess, what kind of um, challenges does Mexico present? Everyone knows that the quality that they have or what are, what are mm-hmm. you guys going to have to do to get a get a result?
5: I think we'll, we'll discuss that over the next few days. Obviously Mexico's Mexico. They're a great team, good players, move the ball very well. They fight hard, they compete. Um, they're gamey. Uh, they're seasoned, they're experienced uh, they've played in major games this won't phase them um, so it's a big challenge but I think we're up for it, I think we have <laughs> with this group I think we have equally um, similar qualities in terms of uh, the group of guys that we've got
1: in this week. you, you played in turf for so many mm-hmm. much of your career, how big an advantage is it for a game like this?
5: I think it's big, I think it's uh, a good chance for us to try to use something that they're not used to playing on. I mean, um, obviously we played the last round here and we're comfortable in this building. We know how to play on the the turf. Um, Obviously they'll be training on it all week. And like I said, they're so experienced and they're top-level pros that... um, they'll be able to adapt to the turf. Um, I think it's going to come down to more moments and us making more plays than them to get the result.
1: And having a player, having a player like Scott Arfield coming into the team, yeah. what does that do for the midfield and another guy that's committed to, to the program? Yeah, it's
5: well. good. Obviously, the more depth, the more quality you have on the team, the more options you have to play different guys all over the field. It's it's good. That's why Mexico's so good. That's why the US is so good is because they have such a deep talent pool of guys that you can mix and match and come up with a good formula that that's successful so the more quality players we can get in is a it's a real big positive for this group
0: Michael talked about the, the crowd is it important mm-hmm. though to you know these, these games can get you know chippy is it important to not to not let the moment get too big and, and keep emotions in check especially with some some young guys on the pitch
5: potentially uh, I kind of like that uh, you know I think I think of it a the opposite. I think it's the more rowdy they get, the better it is on the field. The more intense, the more meaningful it'll be. The more competitive, passion, all the rest of it. I hope that spills over onto the field and it turns into a real um, good, good old-fashioned battle. I like that.
4: But the guys curious will to, to know how many Mexico fans are going to be here. Good question. Part of the chat. Do you know? <laughs> you no probably no know better.
5: No, I no mean, one knows. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's the ultimate uh, test, and no one's going to find out until until Friday. Hopefully, it's. Um, Hopefully, it's it's more pro-Canadian, um, but for me, I'm not sure it matters all that much. Just because we're in Vancouver, we feel happy in the stadium, we feel comfortable. Um, you know, if if the ratio is is 50-50 or whatever it turns out to be, I think playing in front of 50,000 people, no matter who they're cheering for, in Canada, that's special, and that's I think everybody wins. It is kind of funny, though, to think about the psychology yeah. of walking out and not knowing before the not game knowing. really what you're going to expect, it's other than there's going to be
4: 50,000 people here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but
5: that, like I said, I think for me that just the, the sheer quantity is just impressive enough that it'll be uh, it'll be a buzz no matter what, whether they're wearing red or wearing green. What, what, is, what is having Hume, oh, he's not here today, but mm-hmm. to, when he comes into a camp and he's such a character guy? Yeah, you need guys like that in the locker room, man. They they calm guys. He's really good at influencing the young strikers and teaching them what he knows through experience. And the journeyman guys have sometimes have better stories than the, the thoroughbred guys, you know. They've been around, they've seen different things from a, a nastier side, they've got better survival instincts because they've just had to grind and play in different leagues, different countries. They have all these experiences that when they get in the locker room, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that Ian will be there with us on Friday night because, like I said, he's contagious and, like you alluded to, he's a guy you want in your locker room. What,
1: what would be considered good points from these two games? I mean, I, I you targeting at least three? Would you be happy with one? It depends. I mean, it depends what happens in the other games, right?
5: I mean, it's it totally depends. I think we're focused, for me anyway, I, uh, I think we spoke about it a little bit earlier, we're focused on Friday, trying to get three points here at home, defend this turf um, against a very good team, and then we'll see what happens in the other game, and then go into the fourth game um, reassessing what it's like out of the six but for us, Friday night, try to get three points go from there
4: I just stop a guy like Chicharito
5: in By, you know, community approach, just gotta have an eye on them at all times, understanding that you can't give him an inch and knowing that he's a good player and he will punish guys you know from minute 0 to minute 95 whatever it is you got to know that that's the danger man but they have other guys too you know Riber Peralta can score goals for fun they've got guys all over the field so it's a collective effort everybody's got to be tuned in and can't make any mistakes on the night You've got that's a fun. bit of a goal sure. drought the uh, last couple of games how do you break break through against a team like Mexico I don't know um I think the last couple of games, looking back at them, we did we had we had chances to score, especially down in El Salvador. We had more chances than we had here against Honduras. Um, although we hit the post here against Honduras, I think it's just being a little more clinical, um, especially. That's what comes to my mind after watching back the El Salvador game and, and thinking about the experiences down there. We we had multiple good looks at goal, um, full chances that we didn't put away, and so. We probably won't get as many as those, and we know that when we get close in our own goal, um, got to be clinical and set pieces as well. You know, if they if they play a smaller lineup, we got to know with some of our bigger guys that we can score on a, a set piece or two. And in that Honduras game, it wasn't the prettiest of goals, mm-hmm. but you, you made it happen. And was there
0: uh, any impact in that, that, that took place at home versus those other other two games away from? Home?
5: Yeah, it's always it's always nice to score at home, and the, the feeling, and the energy, and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, maybe the, the 12th man helped us really push it. Sometimes that's what you need, a little bit of luck. Um, playing at home is obviously sometimes things happen like that in football where you, it's hard to put it into words or describe it, but they happen for you and they happen against you sometimes. You mentioned that, or you talked about the, the unknown, about the, the
0: how many mm-hmm. visiting fans will be. Mm-hmm. What's, what would your message be to Canadian fans to try to
8: drown them out?
5: Yeah, just go, I mean, give everything. We're going to do everything we can on the field to put on a performance that this country's proud of. Um, this is a game and a, an event that hasn't happened here in a long time, and this is, is so meaningful to us. Um, so I hope the people that are coming out understand how meaningful it is and the impact that they can have on the, on the play on the field. And like I said, we'll leave it out there, and I hope they do the same. Thanks, okay. Thanks guys. Cheers. And
1: Will Johnson there, and he was talking about the importance of Kyle Larne to this Canadian team. A guy that's in top form with Orlando just now. Three goals and an assist in his first three games in MLS. Looking on top form. Gave Canadian fans a bit of a fright when he came off just at the start of the second half on, on Friday night against New York City. Looked like he had taken a kick to the back, but turned out afterwards that it was just that he'd been feeling a little bit ill beforehand. So that was why the... The substitution was made causing a sigh of relief to go around everyone that that needs him to be playing for Canada against Mexico in in these two games. Having a guy in such top form is crucial for Canada going up against a top team like Mexico. But the big question with Laren and it's the same with a number of guys for a number of teams actually around the world is can he bring his club form to international level? Now we talked about Diarmatics earlier he was a guy that was fantastic for his country, Jamaica, just couldn't do it at club level. Kyle Larne is doing it for Orlando. Can he do it on the international stage for Canada? Everyone's hoping so. And you have to think he's going to get the start on Friday. He might be the lone striker. He's going to be plowing a a lone furrow on a bit of an island, Octavio Rivero-esque. But he's looking forward to it. He's looking forward to the challenge. So let's hear now from Orlando striker, Kyle Larne.
0: when you when you went off on, yeah. on Friday was it just yeah. a sickness or what was the
4: yeah I mean I was sick when I when I got to New York I wasn't feeling too well uh, but um I just got hit in my hip uh, when I went down to uh, hit in my hip it's just a little bruise but uh, I'll be fine
0: people, people on Twitter were, were panicking did you yeah. did you know that's how important you are to this this team people on Twitter were, were really worried about the game at <laughs> that
4: no I mean uh, I'll be playing uh, I'll be playing Friday so that's all that's all that matters I'll be I'm healthy Friday
0: a great start to your season. You yeah. sort of, no, no sophomore slump. It doesn't. It seems like you sort of talk about how how it's gone through three games.
4: No, I mean the first three games have been good for me. Um, and good for my team. We haven't lost yet, and I think i just I'm uh physically ready to to last the whole season. And and as long as I got off to a good start and put a
1: few in the net, I know I'll, I'll, I'll keep scoring. How how difficult is it to to transfer your club form to the international stage? Is the game different? Is that a faster pace?
4: I don't think it's it's different. It's just. Uh, I'm used to uh, just change, Used to playing with uh, players in Orlando. Then used, I got used back to used to playing with players here. So I gotta gotta kind of kind of think differently when I'm playing. And we're playing different formations sometimes. So it's a uh, it's a little different. But uh, I mean, once I get used to these players, and 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 now we've been together for a while now. So uh, for, I think Friday will be uh, we'll get a couple goals.
1: And you're used to playing in front of big crowds in Orlando, yeah. with packing in the in the ball there. The crowd here could be around 50,000. Yeah. How important is that going to be for Canada? And what's it going to be like as a player running out in front of that kind of home crowd?
4: No, I think it's very important. I think that'll be the most we've had uh, for a game. And, and, I mean, when I'm in Orlando playing against, playing in front of that many fans, it's uh, important to me and it pushes me the whole game. And uh, when you score in front of that many fans, it's it's uh, it's special.
1: And you've, you've played in grass, you've played in turf. Yeah. Obviously, the turf pitch here, how big an advantage is that for Canada?
4: No, I think... Uh, we're some a lot of players on our team are used to playing on turf, and and I mean a lot of probably some Mexicans are used to playing on turf too. But I think I don't think it's an advantage. I just think we're just more used to it.
0: How how big has it been for you to, to learn from a guy like Marcano? You to know, you're a young guy. Who obviously, probably watched him. How, how how what does that mean to your development?
4: No, I think it's 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 very big in my development. Um, just uh, he teaches me a lot of things off not on and off the field. So. And a lot of the things I do this year was I learned from him, and and just getting my head up more, thinking quicker, and 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 it just it just helped help me out through my through my career.
0: And Mexico and the U.S. are obviously the have been the dominant powers in, in this in this region for a long time. Do you guys sort of see this game as as a possible like stepping stone or a statement in a way of Canada sort of getting closer to, to competing with them and any possibly beating them?
4: No, I think uh, this team we have right now we have. The, the, the right right amount of players uh, and the right players to, to go on this game and, and, and win and get a point or get three points. Uh, we have talented players on this team, young old players and I think it's a great
1: mix and everyone believes we can do something special with this group. And the country hasn't been to the Hex for so long. What would it mean to the overall programme to, to get back in, into that? Uh, I
4: think I mean a lot. Uh, I think if we get to the Hex it'll be very big for Canada uh, and I think it'll be It'll be big for me, and uh, I always wanted to play in uh, in the Hexa or even the World Cup. But uh, I think the most important game is Friday, and we can't look past to the past this game.
1: And the two games that come up against Mexico, what would be classed as a good result for Canada, like getting three points, a point? I, yeah. I, how hopeful are you of getting anything down there?
4: No, I think we we believe we can. We believe in each other, I and mean, I think that's the most important thing. I think we, when you believe in your, your teammates. Uh, they'll have your back and you have their back in during the game and I think we can get a result uh, results out of these next two games. Do
0: you feel any added pressure, just being the player who's looked upon to?
4: No, I mean, I think it's just motivation to to keep going and keep scoring and, and once I get my rhythm and, and the team scoring, uh, I think I, I, won't, I won't stop, but uh, I think we have uh, we have quality players in, in this national team group, really talented players to to give me the ball or service or. Even, anyone can get me the ball, and I can and I can score. Or I can do it by myself. But uh, I think it's been it's been good.
0: What do you What do you look for as for Mexico's as yeah. as defense? How to how to solve them?
4: I haven't played against them before, but uh, I don't know. We'll see when it looks back some video. And this, whatever chance I get, whatever chance I could create, uh, I'm gonna have to finish. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Thanks.
1: Kyle Larn there and I'm sure everyone's hoping he's going to be fit, ready and in top form to to take on Mexico on Friday at BC Place and then head off to Mexico and try and get something at the Azteca on Tuesday. It's going to be a tough ask. I mean, for me, if Canada can just get even one point from these two games, I'm going to be happy with that. A lot is going to depend, as Will Johnson said, on what happens in these other games. El Salvador versus Honduras. If we can get two draws from, from those matches, that's going to be a fantastic situation for, for, for Canada going forward. Even if they, they split the point with a win each, I mean, that's not a, a bad result for Canada either. But if Canada can get something from this this Mexico games, really going to hold them well, put them in a really good position for the final two games of, of the group to, to try and clinch, finally, a place back in the Hex. One thing that is for certain is it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Canada Soccer announced on Tuesday that over 50,000 tickets have been sold, less than 5,000 remaining. They're expecting a sellout. And I think we can we can honestly say now that Vancouver is definitely the, the home to Canadian soccer. It's going to be hard to, to take qualifiers away from BC Place now. The, the players seem happy here. The coaches seem happy here. The fans are just coming out in their droves. And there is a home field advantage. Obviously we don't know and we're all waiting to see just how many Mexican fans are going to be there on Friday night. But as as Will Johnson said, for the Canadian fans that are there, they're going to leave everything on the pitch for you and they need us to leave everything in the stands for them. So that's going to be all the Canadian coverage for this part of the episode. Hopefully you'll stay and listen to the rest of it. Got a little bit more international talk coming up before turning our action to the MLS action on Saturday. Now, there's no Whitecaps players being called up to the Canadian national team this time around. Five Whitecaps are away with Canada at under 20 level over in England just now to play England in a friendly on Sunday in Doncaster. Marco Carducci, Marco Bustos, Caden Chung, Alfonso Davies, and I'm still classing him as a Whitecap, even though he's with hearts now, Dario Zanata. So, whilst there might not be any Whitecaps in the Canadian men's senior team this time around, The Whitecaps are losing four players to international duty. Tim Parker's away with the US under-23s. Kendall Waston and Christian Belañas are away with Costa Rica. And Blas Perez is away with Panama. Busy time for all those guys and some important players who played very prominent roles in the Whitecaps getting that win down at Seattle on Saturday. Christian Belañas in particular... Big talking point coming from the game from him was whether that first penalty was a penalty or not. Was he clipped? Did his feet catch in the turf? Was it a dive? have to say, it looks to me that he he just stubbed his foot in the turf and then went down. After the game, I I got a chance to speak to him in the locker room and and he told me that he felt he was clipped. So we're going to play that now. It's very noisy. You're going to get a real good taste of being in the Whitecaps locker room after the game music playing, you're going to hear lots of folk chattering in the background, some singing from Kendall Waston who was sitting beside us, Um, even going to hear some stuff from the showers, so really good taste for the Whitecaps locker room coming up. But you got a chance to speak to Christian just about that penalty incident, playing in his first Cascadian Derby, and I got a chance as well to ask him about going away with Costa Rica and the two big qualifiers they've got coming up against Jamaica on Friday and Tuesday. So let's hear now from Christian Bolaños. Um, I just wanted to ask you what your your first
6: thoughts of a Cascadia Derby were. How much did you enjoy that? I was fun because we win the game. So I'm very happy. We play very well today and we deserve to, to win. The, the,
1: the first penalty, obviously there's been a little bit. Some Seattle say that you weren't touched. The Vancouver folks say that you were clipped. There's a video that seems to show that you were clipped. What, what was your view on, on the incident? No, I just
6: f- feel the touch from the defender. So, I can't stop, so I just feel, but I don't know, rules here in, in MLS, I don't know, I, I can't say anything because they, they change a little bit about, you know, football. Sometimes I feel a kick, but if I go down, the referee thing, I try to make a joke for him, so maybe I can take a yellow card, so I don't want to when I feel a touch because maybe I get I've get, I been in a troubles. so that's because the, the rules here change the football, so everywhere in you play normal you feel something the referee goes straight and make a foul, but here you have to to think about if you go down, maybe he, he saw the video after the game. Like in the first game, against suspension, but I don't know. I cannot say anything. This the rules here, but it's, it's strange for me. Because I am new here, I am new player, but I don't know. Um,
1: I was wanting to ask you as well uh, about Costa Rica. Um, how how the, the two games that's coming up against Jamaica, how much are you looking forward to those? And Obviously, if the team can get two wins and that you qualified for... For the Hicks?
6: Ah, you know uh, that comes game is very difficult to win especially when we play away in Jamaica in Kingston but we have a strong national team we have good players so we have good chances to to qualify into the next round we have six, six points but the football we have to, to play we have to be focused in both games especially away, because they are very emotional with the the fans, with the crowd in in Kingston. So we can take positive results to the next round, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. So Christian
1: Boulogne is there, hopefully you were able to hear it. As we said, he's one of a number of players that's going to be missing from the Whitecaps this weekend. Another one is centre-back Tim Parker. Big loss having Parker away from the defence. He's had a kind of up and down season so far, but I mean, he had a really good game on Saturday against Seattle. He's partnered well with Kendall Waston, made the starting spot his own in the centre-back position this season. But he's going to be away representing his country, away on American under-23 duty. They've got a huge two-legged playoff game coming up against Columbia, playing on Friday, playing on Tuesday. Winner takes all, well... In this case, winner takes the final spot at going to play in the Olympics in Rio. And America didn't qualify for the last Olympics in London. And it's been a bugbear to the programme that they weren't able to do that. And they've definitely been out to make amends and, and do it this time round. They nearly came a cropper in the cocacaf calf qualifying. They, they gained that third spot, the playoff game against Colombia. And it's gonna be a tough couple of matches. It looks like Parker might get the start in the games and he he's gonna get given a tour of time by that Colombian attack. So I got a chance to speak to Tim, find out how much he's looking forward to the games. So let's hear now from Tim Parker. Obviously the score's getting announced I think tomorrow, but it's like what kind of discussions have you had? Have they been monitoring how you've been playing this year and stuff to to see what your form's like or
8: Um I haven't spoken to them recently, but I know that as of January camp they were very interested in bringing me into this qualifying and I'm just looking forward to the opportunity getting down there and being with the guys and obviously seeing what the environment's going to be like and hopefully getting a game in. And for the program that the U.S. didn't qualify four years ago for the Olympics how important is it to get through this Columbia game just to the whole program and the future of American soccer and the guys coming through? I think it's extremely important you know I think obviously we, we took a lot of ridicule as a program for not making it in the last Olympics, and I think we have an opportunity here that we've been given, and we should be able to make the most of it. Now, when I talked to you before, we talked about how excited you'd be if you did not make it to mm-hmm. the Olympics.
1: Um, but from a, from your point of view as a player, like to go and play in a big stage like that,
8: what do you think it's going to do for your development? I think it's huge. You know, I think in terms of big tournaments, that's one of the biggest tournaments you can play in as a player. You know, in terms of the Olympics and the World Cup, that's one of the biggest things you can represent your country in, especially from North America, so I think for me it would just be an honour, obviously at first, but I think at the same time you have to take that opportunity as well as you can, and obviously perform at it as too. And international football is obviously very different from club football, Carl always goes on about how important
1: he finds it for players to go away with the national teams because they learn so much, mm-hmm. but like the experience you've had playing internationally in like, Champions League, what... <laughs> How has that helped you get
8: ready for these games? Um, It's helped me a lot. I think being able to play against different clubs in different areas, obviously outside the MLS, has helped me to learn about other sides and other sides of the game and how they go about it. So I think that playing against Honduras and playing against clubs that aren't necessarily from North America will help me in the future when we play this Columbia match. The very
1: last thing, the battle you had last year to claim the starting spot... How's has that helped
8: your game grow? Like, What have you developed in the last year that's taken you now to be an international player? I think for me, um, I always have a drive behind me. I have something driving me every day. And I think I just don't want to give up. You know, I think that there's always spots to rise. I think there's always sp- spots to be taken, whether that's a starting spot or a spot that you're eyeing in the future or somewhere else in the world. I think you can always aim for higher, and I think that's what I want to do. So Tim Parker there.
1: Those four guys being away, it's going to be a big loss. At the same time, it's a great opportunity. It's giving other guys the chance to step up, stake a claim for a first-team place, or at least regular inclusion in the game day 18. And one of those guys who might get his chance this weekend is rookie centre-back Cole Siler. Siler was drafted in the first round of this year's Super Draft by the Caps, and I don't think he could have expected that he might get an opportunity to play his first MLS minutes just so soon. Looking at the roster, knowing you've got Kendall Waston, Tim Parker, Christian Dean, Pamudu ahead of him, he's going to think, well, maybe I'll get my minutes in USL to start with, playing some of the Canadian Championship games, maybe get a run out in the Champions League, and then, who knows, might get some MLS minutes down the line depending on injuries and suspension. But with Parker and Waston away now, the Whitecaps are at their bare bones defensively. Christian Dean is injured. He's going to be out for a couple of months. Pamu Ducat is still coming back from injury. He did train on Tuesday. It's looking like he is going to get the start on Saturday. Looks like he could be good to go. But the big question is, who's going to partner him? Now, you have to think it's going to be Cole Seiler, but Andrew Jacobson was slotted in in training on Tuesday, just to kind of see how that works out. For me, it's a big risk putting a guy like Jacobson in. But is it a bigger risk than putting an untried rookie like Cole Seiler in for his first game? Tough call. It's going to definitely be a tough one for Robbo to make. But I think Cole Seiler definitely has a good chance of, of, of doing it. I mean, he's he showed not bad in the preseason games. Had a little bit of a bad run out last week when he played for Whitecaps 2 against Sounders 2. But he he's looked confident. Pre-season he was playing alongside Parker, so he's, he hasn't played alongside Kai yet, so it's kind of getting a little bit of chemistry with that going. But Kai's definitely been helping him with his game, pointing out his weaknesses, trying to just get him used to the, the pro environment. So that might be a good thing as well. If he does get his run out against Houston, it's going to be a big occasion for, for Siler. I got a chance to catch up with Cole at training, just to see how he's settling into Vancouver, what he's learning in the pro game, making the transition from from the college ranks to to the Whitecaps, and how excited he would be to run out on the pitch on Saturday against a full house crowd against Houston, making his MLS debut, and just did he think this opportunity could come so soon? So let's hear now from Whitecaps centre-back, Cole Siler. (laughs) You've been with the camp now, or with the team now for a couple of months. How how have you found your first few months as a pro?
2: Um, it's
1: very much so. Um,
2: you've been told before when you talk to past pros, I uh, just tell you day by day. Try to ride the, the highs, but also try to pick yourself up during the lows. And I think that's very applicable to uh, this team, especially just because how competitive it is, and um, you really can't take a day off. Um, just because if you do, you'll, it'll, you'll get exposed, and the coaches will obviously see it. But um, I really think that playing with this high caliber of players, even though our results haven't really shown that, um, I think that my game has had to excel to uh, try to meet their levels. So I think uh, as far as I can tell, it's been a fairly uh, quick, very quick, but also I would say a very smooth transition.
1: A lot, a lot of the draft picks in recent years, But when we've spoken to them, they, the big thing that they've noticed coming from the college game is the, the pace. Yeah. It, is that the biggest transition for you, or is it just like more as well that you're playing against guys that's got so much experience that they can read your game maybe a bit better than some of the college guys?
2: Um, I would definitely say that as a defender, the reading of the forwards' runs, a lot of times in the college games, the runs are very obvious, and the forwards are making the exact same runs just because the coaches, their coaching that they've had prior to have been all from the same pool, in the American pool, but when you have the pro level and the MLS as diverse as the league is, you have players from all different styles, and there's there's savvy forwards who have prolonged their career, like Blas, who have made like a living just off of being smart and experienced, as well as, when I get it, I'm just going to play one touch, because they know that they're not as athletic as they once were, but they're just as effective, so... That that I would say would has been um, definitely something that I've noticed from the college the pro. I'd also just say how clean everyone's first touch is. It's just not only the players you're playing against, but the players you're playing with. You you can pass them much harder, dif- more difficult balls, and trust that they'll be able to
1: do something with it. So, talking about the couple of the experience guys now. As a, as a centre back, you're you're learning beside Kha and obviously yeah. Kendall Waston as well. But like having a veteran like Car. What little things has he kind of helped bring into your game or what's he noticed about your game or how big a help has he been so far?
2: Yeah, so for example, in the showers uh, the other day, um, he was telling me that I need to work on when I uh, go to hit a long ball. He's like, it's so obvious when you go because I have the same body language every single time I do. I take a touch, I do something with my arms where I make it obvious, I have a look up where he says that before you get to receive the ball, you should be looking up, picture the field, and as soon as you get the ball, take a touch and hit the long ball. So it's just little things like that, like I'd say day in, day out, that um, I'm very fortunate that I have guys like him, but then I have someone who I feel very comfortable talking with, Tim, just because I've known him for the last three years. Wow.
1: Like, whenever we talk to centre-backs We always talk about The likes of car And when Andy O'Brien was here We talked about what they can bring But like You mentioned Blas Perez And you're playing against A striker that's been in the game For yeah. so many years how, how does that bring your game on? Like Knowing that you've got An experienced guy like him And someone like Christian Bolaños yeah. as well like yeah. Defending against players like that With that quality
2: Well I would even say You have guys like Octavio as well Just and A lot of times The way it works out Is that I'm going against The first team Like kind of attackers So as much as I kind of dread having to do that, it's making me a better player, and I'm getting to play against uh, the, our best players um, at that position. But um, I, I would think, I, I just think that um, if you're able to go day in, day out, and as hard as they and serious as they take this training, I'm hoping that when I get to the game time, it won't be as as different. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm very, like I said, I'm very fortunate that I have that many that many. Uh, Experienced and uh, Skilled players around me that help me Try to further my game
1: Obviously nothing's been announced yet so we don't know exactly How it's sure. how it's shaping up but It's looking that Kendall might be Away for the Houston game, Tim might be away For the Houston game, Christian's injured And obviously you don't want anyone to be injured But it's sure. maybe going to give you a fantastic Opportunity to, to come in and step In to play, to get your MLS debut if it happens yes, That early, how important would that be For you and what, what would it mean to you just personally,
2: well, Coach uh Robo always told us at the beginning in his initial meeting with the team that no matter who, who's on the team, you're going to get an opportunity. He said, I don't know when exactly it will be, but you will get your opportunity, and it's the most of what you make of it. And I think that, um, if you told me at the beginning of the season, hey, would I be playing this game? I, I, I would say perhaps not. I mean, it's pretty early in the season, but I'm very, I'm looking very forward to it, and I've been, um, it's been in the back of my mind as well. The coaches have, have mentioned that, and Tim and I have been talking about it. But I think that um, as far as I'm working in, in practice, I, I'm hoping that um, when it comes to game time, I'll be
1: ready to play and get after it. And to run out in front of twenty two and a half thousand for yeah. your debut at home,
2: it's awesome. Yeah,
1: I mean, do you, do you picture it?
2: Uh, I mean, sometimes like what really put it in perspective was when we went to the first game against uh, the season opener against uh, Montreal and uh, when you heard those fans like getting that pumped up especially with the white caps i mean that was just like a surreal moment to think that perhaps you could maybe one day play in front of that many that many fans so I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm hoping that um, with this win in Seattle, we'll be able to carry that momentum into the next game against Houston. And just very last thing, how have you found Vancouver so far? How are you settling in? I think it's what beautiful, like? honestly. Even the rain. <laughs> yeah, that was the only. That was the thing I was gonna say. I was. Yeah. I was gonna say the only. <laughs> the only thing I would say that is the unfortunate thing is the rain. But everyone assures me that the summers are beautiful. and like when yeah. get Instances like this and yesterday, but I, I was telling my mom she was here, um, and I've mentioned it to some of the staff members. When you talked about earlier in the uh, interview, we talked about the transition from the college to the pro level. Honestly, the, the way that this organization is set up, and per- perhaps it's due to the lending itself to that, it's in Vancouver. The people are just so like kind, and they're actually invested in your interest to see that you succeed. That all I've really had to worry about is trying to get better on the soccer field. I haven't really had to worry about my- many things off the field, so I've been very fortunate and blessed in that in that regard as well. That's great. Well, good luck.
1: So whether Cole Siler will play against Houston on Saturday is just one of a number of selection issues that Kyle Robinson has for this game. Should the White Cats be playing such a game during the international window? Did they have a choice whether to play this weekend or not? We've had conflicting answers to that. We've been trying to get to the bottom of it. American media, when the schedule first came out, had said that clubs were given the option of whether they wanted to play on, on those dates or not friend of the show, Harjit Jahal, had spoken to Greg Anderson at Whitecaps Media Day and had been told that no, they they weren't given an option, that was a date that they had to play. We've not really been able to get the the definitive answer on that. Hopefully we'll get that when we do our post-game show on, on Saturday. But it's disappointing either way, whatever it is, that the Whitecaps are playing this weekend. Especially a day after the Canada game. I mean, the quick turnaround, fans are either going to be still amped from the game or against Mexico or they're going to be in a bit of a downer depending on how that game goes Whitecaps lost their first two games, lost their home opener you want to get your first home run under the belt and they're they're pretty much down to the bare bones the four guys that's away in Parker, Waston, Perez and Belanias. four starters, four guys that were key individuals in, in the win over Seattle all of them very important players Waston was a beast at the back against Seattle Perez and Bolaños won the penalties. Perez, fantastic, just a nuisance the whole game against that Seattle defence. So we talked about it in the last episode that the White Cats might lose also Aird and Smith. They haven't been called up, so at least they, they do have a right back. And the back line, it's, it's going to be a new look back line. We're going to have Ousted, we're going to have Harvey and Aird as the two full backs, so that's guaranteed. Cat, as long as he doesn't break down training, is definitely going to get the start. Then you're talking it's a toss-up between Jacobson and Siler. I can see the appeal of playing Jacobson back there because of his experience, but for me, you want a centre back to play centre back. We saw how it can go wrong before when the likes of say Jordan Harvey filled in centre back role. So yes he's inexperienced, yeah he's going to be nervous and he's a rookie, but for me I think Cole Siler has to get the start. Just to to not put him in it's also maybe going to knock his confidence a little bit. But I'd rather have a centre-back playing the centre-back role. We've at least got Matty Laba. He's, he's going to be there. And I can see him, if Jacobson doesn't get the start at centre-back, Jacobson will kind of slot in and play beside him there. Up front, you're going to have Rivero. And the question is, are we going to see Masato Kuro get his first start? I think yes. I think we're going to see Kuro playing maybe on the right wing. I think we could go for 4-2-3-1. I know 4 2 worked well in Seattle. It's what I want to see as well, the two-striker system. But I think if he does go for siler he's going to want to have a two-man defensive shield just to kind of protect him a bit. And Laban and Jacobson is definitely going to do that. You're going to have Pedro as your number 10. And then Kakuta Mani or Christian Teixeira, depending on, on fitness levels and injury levels and stuff like that, on the left wing. So it's not a completely crippled Whitecaps line-up, but we are going to miss the four guys that's away. Houston, very strange season for them. Thump Dallas, lost at the weekend. One win, one draw, one defeat so far. They have a very dangerous-looking attack. Will Bruins doing great, and just the, the attack in general is, is kind of... definitely an attack that is going to cause the Whitecaps' defence problems. can definitely see Houston finding the back of the net and I'm thinking 1-1, maybe 2-1 for Caps in this, but I I think the White Caps will get something out of it, and I think they need to. Steady the ship, win against Seattle, at least a point out of the Houston game, heading into a big game against LA, you, you kind of want to get something from this game, and I, I honestly think they will. So a big footballing weekend ahead, is it going to be a good one? Fingers crossed. If, We can get three points from Canada and three points from the Whitecaps outfit. Be more than delighted. Little, not, not completely convinced that that's going to happen, but let's just hope we can get some happy punters by the end of the weekend and have us rolling our eggs down the hill with a stride in our step. But that's it for this episode of the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've not minded too much That's it's just been interview heavy and no real chat but we're going to have lots of chat at the weekend as we keep saying we're going to be back for our post game show at the weekend we'll bring the best coverage from Canada v Mexico Whitecaps v Dynamo Steve will be with us we'll have a few surprise guests and pundits as well So that is it for this episode I'm Michael McCall you can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada read all our stuff AFTN.ca away from the numbers most of the White Cats beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com and there's gonna be some Canadian national team coverage from me on MLS this week as well so check that out. Also watch out for some stuff that I'm doing for 442. But anyway, enough of my waffling. Thanks for listening as usual guys and girls and let's just hope it's a fantastic weekend. So until next time, take care and more the Caps and
8: Canada.